as a bartender, you're listening to everybody's problems. And then sometimes people act like children. It's almost like worse than being a kindergarten teacher because alcohol is involved. You're, tw you're in your early 20s, so you know what it's like. Mm. And so a lot of times I'm like, sit down. You can't have another beer. I said so. This is why you two stop fighting with each other. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of like the same skill sets in both places. So there's parts of being a mom that really helps a bartender. And there's parts of being a bartender that really helps with a, as a mom. Welcome back, friends. Thank you for spending some time with me and tuning into today's episode. Today, I am super excited to have my friend Kristen Hutchinson, or Kristen being Kristen, as she's better known as on social media, who's a 49-year-old Boston comedian, bartender, wife, and super mom. She's pretty much done it all, and she has a ton of different life experiences that really make her stand out as a comedian. And she's only been got she's only gotten into comedy over the past couple of years. And what I really love about Kristen and the way that she presents herself and does her stand-up is that she's just honest. She's, you know, being a mom, being a wife, being a bartender for the past however many years have brought her so many new life experiences, brought her to so many different people. And what I love about her is she just doesn't take life that seriously. Uh, you know, she's able to make everything into a joke. And the way she does comedy is it's more non-traditional and she just gets up there and she just starts talking and she talks about, you know, what's been going on in the bar, you know, what she's been dealing with at home with her kids and with her husband and, you know, just really brings a unique perspective uh, to comedy. And you would think she's been doing it for 20 years. You'd think she's been doing comedy for 20 years, but you know, it's really just what comes with life experiences and she's able to just be funny as shit uh, and make everybody around her laugh. She's got incredible energy and she also does different segments on Instagram that have become incredibly popular, such as things like What's Up Wednesdays, uh, Mindfulness Mondays, and my personal favorite, Are You Fucking Kidding Me Fridays? And, you know, they she's gained, uh, she's amassed uh, more than 12,000 followers uh, on Instagram, so make sure to follow her at Kristen Being Kristen. Also, check out her on TikTok, Kristen Being Kristen, and YouTube, Kristen Being Kristen. Uh, I really had a lot of fun talking with this, and even though Kristen's 49 and I'm 21, it literally just felt like you know we related on a lot of topics, and uh, we had really we connected really well and had a really good, um, really fun conversation. So excited to bring this to you guys, and. Uh, I just want to remind you guys, it would mean the world to me if you could go on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, YouTube, subscribe, tell your friends, give it a like, give it a comment. I'm always trying to grow, always trying to reach more people. And thank you guys so much for all the support you've given me as always. And now let's get into the show. All right. I am super lucky to have my first comedian on the show today. My guest, Kristen Hutchinson, better known as Kristen being Kristen. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I, everybody keeps calling me a comedian, and I was like early on my comedian uh, endeavors when this all got going. Uh, I'm more of a comedic storyteller, so I was kind of, I picked it up late in life. I'm 49, so I kind of jumped into it in like my late 40s as a way to kind of um, bring fun stories to people to make people lighten up and laugh because everybody's so intense with today's society. And I kind of have my own style, so I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's calls me a comedian. I'm like, uh, newly on. But I mean, I did it for like two years before Corona, and now it's on hold because of everything so crazy right now. So what, you've only been doing it for like two years. What made you start doing it like in your 40s? So I entertained when I was younger. Um, I moved to New York, then I left New York, and then I came home and got married, had a, had a son, um, have been bartending for over 20 years. And being a bartender, it's like a kind of being a comedian in a way because you're putting on a show nightly. And I would say probably like the past couple of years, it seemed like society was getting so intense and nobody was laughing about things. And they had really strong views about certain things. And I was like, I got to make people lighten up and laugh because everyone's head's going to explode. And it's not, it's, it's not getting any better. It's just getting worse and worse. Anyhow, so um, that's what originally made me decide to get up there and do it. Um, I do a lot of um, life experience, um, men and women, marriage, relationships, um, parenting, just stuff in my own life that I kind of notice that drives me crazy. And I try to bring it onto a stage and like maybe make people think a little bit differently. So that's what kind of made me kind of jump up there and do it. Well, I think 
that that's unique that you're a bartender, but you're also like a mom and uh, you know, you're also married. So you're, I saw, I saw one of your videos, you said uh, you're like a babysitter, a maid and a therapist all at one time. So I think, I think that's really funny how you can like kind of play those three things together. It's pretty much true though, because that is really what you like, because as a bartender, you're listening to everybody's problems. And then sometimes people act like children. It's almost like worse than being a kindergarten teacher because alcohol is involved. You're, tw you're in your early 20s, so you know what it's like. Mm. And so a lot of times I'm like, sit down. You can't have another beer. I said so. This is why you two stop fighting with each other. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of like the same skill sets in both places. So there's parts of being a mom that really helps a bartender. And then there's parts of being a bartender that really helps with a, as a mom. Well, maybe, maybe we just need more mom bartenders. I think yeah. I think that's what we might need. I think that'll save a lot of people. Uh, and you know, they won't just vent, they'll well, they'll vent and then you'll kind of get that kick in the ass. Like you'll give them like my mom will give me to just deal with it and yeah, whatever. Exactly. It's pretty much what I do. It's kind of like I'm I'm always either I'm like kind of like a mom because like, everybody calls me mama bear. So like I'm there to kind of listen to you. I'm there to make you feel better if you're having a bad day. But if you're being ridiculous, I'm there to also give you a kick in the ass. And that is exactly who I am when I'm at the bar. That's why my people come and see me all the time. Yeah, I know. We I told you I'm a bit. I'm a Philly guy. I'm a Philly sports guy, despite the Chicago Cubs hat that I'm wearing right now. But uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Invincible. Have you ever seen? Yes. That? Yeah. So you know Mark Wahlberg, and then the what's her face uh plays the she comes she's a giants fan i don't remember her name um uh, mara elizabeth, elizabeth banks i think oh elizabeth banks okay i think elizabeth banks played her could be wrong but she played the bartender she was the giants fan that came down and you know you, it, you got all these depressed drunk uh philly blue collar workers uh coming in and bitching and complaining every night and she's just she's just messing with them and like mm -hmm. getting their heads pissing them off but also like you know, giving them lessons and really teaching them to just get off their ass. And I can definitely see that, you know, you're one of those people. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you want to try to do. I'm always like there to kind of like lighten your spirits and make you, uh, if you're having a bad day, I want to make it a better day. Yeah. Um, but I'll also kind of like, if someone wants to razz me, then like I can go toe to toe with the guys. You know what I mean? I've been doing oh, it for sure. over 20 years. So I think it's funny when men come in because I'm small. I'm, I'm like cute and I'm smiley. So they're always like, oh, we're gonna have fun with this girl. And then it's like, boom, I don't think you know who you're dealing with. I'm like, oh shit, you're sassy. So it's kind of, it's fun. It makes my night go by fun. But then we become friends and then they just become like my regulars because like we get like, on a nice level of like respect and like joking with each other. Right. So but I want to go back to something that you said in the beginning, like mm -hmm. you kind of have your own uh, way of doing comedy and like you right. know, your own approach, your own pitch, your own um like topics that you like to discuss but i think that's i think that's every comedian and I, every, right. or every comic every performer you know whatever it may be i think you have to have your own like style your own flavor like just i listen to a lot of joe rogan he's one of like you know i yeah listen to him to course. try to be you know be, become a better uh podcaster this that and the other but he's all you know he's like he started out as a comedian he spent yeah years 20 30 years in the com in the comedy store in california but you know a lot of the people that he has on are comedians like you know he'll have like whitney cummins and uh, yep. like joey diaz and tim dylan and yep tim i love tim dylan right. oh yeah so funny but like the, the unique thing about all of these people you know whoever it may be chris rock eddie murphy like every, david spade everybody does com everybody who's ever started out as comedy they mm -hmm. all have their own way of doing comedy like they don't all do it the same way and that's what makes it so interesting and so fun uh because you know you have to have your own style and you have to be unique and the only way to be effective as a comic is to be authentic i feel it. i mean i'm not a comic no i you nailed it 100 percent. that's what i think is so funny because when i started doing comedy a couple of years ago you know to break in it's open mics and, you know, I'm 40, I was like 47 when I started, I'm 49 now. And I'd walk in and be like 20 guys and like maybe me and one other girl comedian. And it would be like, um, a lot of them are like 24. They're all kids that are trying to, you know, kind of get into it. And you would hear a lot of similar jokes. You could kind of tell like, oh, that kid really loves this comedian. Or you could see people just trying to find their vibe or find their voice where I'm like, I think one of the things that's kind of cool about being older when you jump in is you know who you are, you know your voice, you have life experience. So you have a vast amount of material to kind of build upon. Mm 
but the thing, the reason I say I'm not traditional is I was never properly trained. I didn't take a class. I didn't take a writing course. I just kind of jumped up there and just started talking. Hmm. So the reason I think I'm a little bit different is sometimes people look at me like, what is she doing? Like, where's the punchline and setup? Like, I just kind of get up and I'm like, oh my God, I was at the store the other day and this fucking mother, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and people like, and then like, they go, oh, that's funny. You know, so I kind of yeah. feel like my material is better like on a longer stage than just like a three to five minute set. A three to five minute set's a little bit hard for me because as you kind of find or figure me out, I'm already getting off the stage. So, um, and it takes a long time before you get to the point that you can have a 15 to a 20 minute set. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. in there for years. And right before Corona, I was in New York for the weekend and I got on a couple open mics in New York and I was like, my goal was to actually go back to New York for a week in the summertime and just open mic the hell out of it because I don't really get enough nights out to really kind of get my my timing down because I'll go out to a couple open mics or I'll get booked on a show. Then it'll be like back to bartending then there'll be like a night or two before I can get back on again. So you really have to kind of get up on like, you know, Chris Rock and, and um, you know, Kevin Hart and, and Bill Burr and all these people that really work on those one hour sets. That's like a year or two years of prep. Mm. of going into like small clubs and just testing it till you get it to like come out the right way. So that's something I want to do. But then Corona came mm -hmm. and everything got shut down. So that got paused. And now I'm working more on kind of like the, the IG live that I do on what that I, all of Corona I did five nights a week. Now I'm down to like just Wednesdays mm -hmm. and I'm in the process of maybe possibly coming up with a podcast in the next couple of weeks. So I'm going back more into storytelling and communication and like sharing stories and trying to make people um, think differently, lighten up, laugh, and a little bit of reality. I love, I, I mean, first of all, I think that you'll kill it in the podcast game just because it's, the thing I love about podcasts is you're free to say whatever you want. You're free to talk about whatever you want. Uh, and, you know, as right now, like I'm obviously not sponsored by anyone, so I don't have to, like, I can just, <laughs> I can just, I don't have to do it. I can just do whatever I want. It's great. Like I can do it when I want, no schedule. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, but going back to what you said about the, the IG lies, I love your, are you fucking kidding me Fridays? Oh, thank you. They, <laughs> so the, are you fucking kidding me Fridays? Are, they crack me up. And so just like kind of explain like how you start, how that came about and you know, you know what it's really all about. Sure. So, um, when Corona came, I couldn't bartend. So I was sitting home and I was like, okay, I want to be productive. I'm like, what can I do? Okay. Like, what am I, what have I always want to do that I can't do? I'm going to be up for 30 days. So I thought, so I sat down and I've always want to write a book. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try to get all my notebooks out and I'm really going to try to be good. And I'm going to try to write every day. And one morning I was sitting in my, in my kitchen and on my phone, it came up that Gary V was live and I was like, Oh, what's Gary V doing? So he started tea with Gary V. I met him three years ago and I've been convinced that we were supposed to have a conversation. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have a conversation with them. So I started texting a question every day. Then I got the question. I got on tea with Gary B. We had a really cool conversation. It was a really, really cool vibe. A lot of people thought we knew each other. I don't know him. I've only spoken to him that one time, but everybody seems to think he's my friend. Like, do you have him call me? I'm like, yeah, do you have him call me? And um, so he kind of challenged me to go live on like Instagram yep. or YouTube or whatever. And I'm not really good with technology. So I was like, Instagram live is what I chose. Cause like, he's like, my team will help you. But you know, I didn't like, if you watch his content, he always says, Google it, YouTube, figure it out. Yeah. So I didn't want to be like, Ooh, Hey, how do I do this? So, yeah. um, I just did IG live. It was easy. So I started a show five nights a week and I was like, okay, everyone was thought I was going to make drinks. I don't drink. I'm a bartender, but I don't drink. Okay. So then I had to say to everybody like, oh, listen, we're not going to make drinks. We're going to do the conversation. The funny thing that I like about the bartending, the people, yeah. the, the, you know, spontaneous conversations. So with that show, I did a different theme every night. Right. So from Monday night, it would be like, move your ass Monday. Tuesday was tunes for Tuesday. So I would do musicians. Wednesdays was creative. So I do like, um, uh, I think it was what's up Wednesday, but I call it wacky Wednesdays. So I'd have comedians, artists, you know, creative people. Thursday was thirsty Thursday. And then Friday would be a, uh, uh, forget about it Friday. Like, forget about it. You go into the weekend. It's Corona. We made it through a whole other week. It. Now yeah. it's next week, right? And then um, a lot of stuff went on in the world and things started getting a little bit crazy with the George Floyd and everything else. Then I started calling it Focus Forward Friday because I wanted to kind of be respectful and kind of take more of a, um, what can we do to kind of like lift our spirits and, and keep positivity going because I don't believe negativity is going to really benefit us. Mm -hmm. So um, a couple months, a couple weeks ago, I went back to work. So like, all right, what am I going to do now? I've already built this up five nights a week, but I can't bartend three nights and do five nights. So I kept the what's up Wednesdays mm -hmm. and I just bring on different people each week. And then I was like, you know what? 
now that I'm back dealing with society again, I'm feeling that that bartending pressure again, that people are annoying me or there's just stupid shit going on that I just have to expose. So I came up with the idea to do a Friday rant called Are You Fucking Kidding Me Fridays? <laughs> I love that. I can't even imagine. I mean, I can kind of imagine. I can't imagine being on the other side of going to a bar on Friday night or a ba, as you know, as a ba, as, a ba, as you uh, Bostonians would say it. But I can't imagine just the, those the people that would roll in there and just you know park it at the bar on Friday night, uh, just and just it's probably just a shit show of what happened in that there in that week. And then there you go. That's your therapist. That's when your therapist. That's when you clock in as a therapist. You clock right. out as a you clock out as a maid and as a you know, as right. a, and then you clock in as a therapist. It's for Friday night. You figured it all out. Exactly. That's what it's like. You first come in and it's kind of like your cheerleader. Then it's kind of like, then you have to be the mother and like get everybody like calm down throughout the night. You deal with everything. Like that's what he said. Like you do it a one seat and yeah. the guy's in a great mood. And then you go to the next seat and the guy's just like lost his job. So you're constantly like changing like, you know, what you have to give to each person. You know, like you're changing your, I always say you have to be like a chameleon because you're changing your, 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 um, your personality with different people. Mm. <clears throat> I want to go back to the, uh, what you said about yeah, Gary V because I think almost everybody I've brought on to this show is like we base what we do off of you know kind of what Gary says and what Gary uh, preaches. Even mm -hmm. though uh, I saw something what he said the other day is like people some a lot of times when people don't like him or don't like listen to what he says is because uh, they're only hearing him in the micro and they're not hearing him in the macro. So yeah, that really, that kind of stuck with me because when I talk to my friends, they all know that like, I love Gary. I, I watch his content every day and like, he you know, motivates me. It's one of, one of the main reasons why I decided to do this podcast. Um, awesome. Yeah. So when, when he talks in the micro, you have to take it with a grain of salt because not everything he says is meant for every single person. And that, you know, that's, in, that's in life. Like one, he's, you can't stick to just saying one thing, like, Gary worked in his damn parents' liquor store for 12, mm -hmm. 14 years before he even made any content. And he had all those experiences and he's built a, you know, multi-million dollar companies. Right. Like he has this experience and like, all right, like you're a dickhead that is sitting in your parents' basement or, you know, you're not doing anything. And then you're sitting there commenting back at Gary Vee. You have your own insecurities and yeah. So I can just tell that like, you and I, we relate a lot just because, you know, I can tell we come, we both come from hardworking backgrounds. Like my yep. parents, I come from a blue collar family. Like I know I heard you on Gary Vee and I've seen a lot of your stuff. So you come yep. from like from Boston, which is also, you know, like a blue collar, hardworking town. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the thing we just, no matter what happened, no matter what happens, whatever hits us, you know, we just got to keep moving forward and we got to keep our eyes on the prize eyes in the dream and that's why I love Gary so much is just because life is too short to, you know, do something you hate. Like you're a bartender and a mom and you're one of the most like energetic and like positive people that like I've ever met. And like, I just, I love your vibe. And so I give you a lot of credit for that. Thank you. I mean, I think that's, what's really interesting. Um, for me, Gary's personality is how I always was as a, as a younger person. Mm. And like what I explained to him is when I hit my mid forties, I had been through a lot of, a lot of losses, a lot of things. I was just kind of like, I kind of lost that spark a little bit. Just like, you know, it's a lot juggling like work, finance, you know, financials, like marriage. Um, my son has learning issues. So I had to like fight the school system. So I had been through a lot of life experiences and I stumbled upon, I was always trying to inspire my nieces and their friends and coworkers with like a message of the day. Mm. And <clears throat> I stumbled upon a couple of Gary quotes and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm like, this is my dude. Like he talks like me. And so when I found like Gary's content, I kind of was like, I got to talk to him. So that's why I found him when he came to Boston, like a couple of years ago and just introduced myself to him. I'm like, yo, I'm going to make a brand. And he's just like, probably looking at me like, who is this girl? Like, you know who the hell I am? And I had no idea because I wasn't really involved in social media. When I got home and looked up Instagram, I was like, oh, he's got like millions of followers. Like what the hell was I thinking? Just walking up on him, you know? But that's just how I am. I get ideas in my head and I just hyper-focus on them. People look at me like I'm crazy, but when I believe something's gonna happen, I just will be on it until it happens. And I ask and I will like reach out and I will DM people because I just believe 
when I want to do something that's going to happen. So one of the things I love about him is he re-sparked that fire in me that I always had as a young girl. And it kind of reignited me in the 40s because then I was kind of like, yeah, why can't I do it just because I'm 40? I still have like a whole nother life, like life ahead of me. Like my son's 16, like he's 17 now, but I, I pulled him out of high school and he, I kind of like um, took a different route for his education. So mm -hmm. when he was kind of finding himself, I was finding myself. So we're kind of on this cool, like little, like um, inspirational journey together, like creating, he's like super creative too. And he builds things and he learns things and he goes, Hey mom, want to talk about this for a second? I saw this thing. I just researched this thing. And he'll show me these things about these video games or Nerf guns or, or creating things. And I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know these kids had YouTube channels. So it started to open my mind to how much was out there on social media where the average parent is like, this is crazy. You need to go to college and get a nine to five. And I'm like, fuck that. Go build some Nerf guns and let's see what we can do. Like, let's figure out what we can do with like your passions. Right. So that's, what's been one of the greatest gifts of following Gary. Not only has it helped me um, kind of figure out like why I can go after things in my forties, but it's opened me up to a whole world of listening to all these young people that are super motivated and, uh, and really like letting my son, I knew I was going to do a different route anyhow because I don't care what everybody else does. Mm. But it's been really cool because now I know more about social media and I can kind of say, oh, here, start a channel or do this or, or share posts about the cost we made and da-da-da-da. So it's kind of fun together right now. That's all, that's all incredible. And, like, I credit you a lot for, you know, realizing that, you know, you're 49, but, you know, you could still – you could be only halfway through your life. You could have an entire right. another life in, ahead of you. and that's a lot of people like in their late twenties, like they think like, you know, all right, you know, whatever, like I have a job, I have a mortgage, I'm getting married, like, like, whatever, like whatever, like I'm, I'm stuck to this. But, uh, and then, there, but then like we come across like people like you who are like just so motivated and so just grateful for their life and just happy mm -hmm. and optimistic. And mm -hmm. that's one thing that, when I talk to a lot of older people that's missing is like optimism because too many people think that they're just stuck in one spot. And yeah. Uh, like, and again, like I always say this, like I'm 21. I haven't had these life experiences, but these like everything, all my opinions and everything that I talk about are things I hear from people, like people mm -hmm. that I converse with or people that I just like observe like in general in life. And it's like, pretty easy to like oh it's not always right but like you can make an assumption about people and like just kind of you can kind of understand okay well they probably went through something or right. like, they, they grew up this way so then now they're this way you know kind of product of your environment type thing but just because that's you know product of your environment I believe that in a sense but I also believe that like it's also like you have to have some self-awareness and be yeah, able to it's up here yeah, right. It's all mental. You have to have some right. self-awareness to think about, you know, think about what you love. Think about what, like, mm -hmm. what gets you going, what gets you out of bed in the morning, what gets you excited. I think that's a really great point because I think a lot of people just don't dream. And I'm just young at heart. I always have been. My mom you calls me like Peter it. Pan and I just, <laughs> I hate being stuck in the adult mindset. You know what I mean? I just never been one. And I've, I kind of tried corporate America. It didn't work for me. I had a bad experience and it kind of turned me off to that industry. And that's kind of what made me go into like the service industry because you're almost like an independent contractor. You are kind of an entrepreneur as a bartender. You find a place that fits your personality. It's up to me to sell whatever I want to sell per night. The more people that I can draw in to hang out with me are the more sales I'm going to make. If I can pack the bar every night, I'm going to make good money. The place is going to make good money and it's a nice combination. And so um, I just love the freedom of it. And then you have time during the day to be free. So I had, I got to raise my son. I didn't have to sit there and worry about daycare. So um, I really got to have the best of both worlds. Uh, did I sleep? No, I didn't sleep barely ever, but that's, <laughs> I'm like, I'll sleep in the afterlife. I'm like, whatever. So a lot of people complain about a lot of things and I'm like, and I'm not saying that's their experience, but you can complain about it or you can do something about it. And I'm just such a doer that I just have to, if there's a problem, I got to solve it. And so for me with like my son and his learning, my town didn't want to help them properly. Mm. I did not stop until I found a solution. Like I was a, I was a nightmare for my school system. <laughs> I found school choice. I drove my son five towns away for five years. 
Now, what a lot of people said, well, that's a long commute. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'll just take what they give me. Well, then that's what your kid's going to get. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I don't fight for him, nobody else was going to fight for him. Did I like going to bed at 2.30, getting up at 7, driving five times away, driving back, going back and get him, and then going to work? No. Was it a lot? Yes. But did it benefit him so much? Tremendously. The school system that I got him into helped him a lot. Mm. And it really increased like his self-confidence, his learning style. So it was the best five years that I chose. And then at ninth grade, I said, I think we've had enough of public school. I just don't think it's the right fit for his personality and his learning style. Mm. And we tried something different. Was that easy? No, because everybody freaked out. What do you mean us in high school? What about socialization? What about this? And I'm like, listen, everybody's different. So just because you're afraid of taking a different path, doesn't mean I do. And I think that's one of the things that there's so much pressure to do everything a certain way or everybody else's way that people give up or just accept that that's how it's supposed to be and just get on that train. Well, that, that takes a lot for you to pull your son out of there and take him somewhere else. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I can't speak for him, but I'm sure like that's not like an easy transition, like taking the non-traditional route like of, mm-hmm. of education i mean i know well first of all i was homeschooled for elementary school oh you were yeah so i'm the oldest of four kids so my mom homeschooled me my sister is my sister's 19 so i'm 21 i'm not i'm 21 my sister's 19 my other brother's 17 and then my other brother's 13 and she uh homeschooled me my brother and my sister until i was in what like fifth grade and my, my younger brother, he was young. So he's always, he's been in public school, but like we've, we went bounced around from like Catholic public, Catholic and public school. Right. Home school. So like, I've, I've had a taste of it all. And why did your mom do that? Did she just think that she didn't, she just thought it would be better. That's I think it's fascinating because that's not as, it's not as common. I think it's getting more common, but I, I like to hear why, it, what did you think of it? Well, my mom loves to be a mom. It, I, and I know you can, you can probably like attest to that. My mom, like, the biggest thing that she, the thing she loves more than anything in life is just being a mom. And so um, she worked, she would homeschool us during the day. Like, so she would homeschool us during the day. And then she was a physical therapist and she would go and we would get, we would always wake up early. We'd get all our work done. And then she would Mm -hmm. go to work like three to nine, like in the afternoons. And so, and my dad would work, my dad would work, early my dad would work like seven to like three that's mine my house. yeah so then and my dad my dad's a painter so i um so i would uh i would be that like little that babysitter in that little like hour stretch that time. don't leave the house like there's yeah. in the cabinets like microwave it don't turn on the stove don't kill each other don't like no trampoline yeah. for the yeah. for like one hour stay inside um absolute madness but um like yeah she wait what were we talking about oh why i we were talking about why i liked being homeschooled or what or why, yeah. i don't know why she homeschooled us okay just, like again she just wanted to spend time with us like that's awesome um she's one of seven kids and my grandfather was an fbi agent he worked in the fbi till cool. you know for a long time but that and he worked his ass off and my grandmother stayed home with my mom and all of her six siblings and like every day so I think and you know god rest my grandmother's soul um like I think my mom my mom had a very good relationship with her mom and mm-hmm. she saw how close all of her, my mom and her siblings for the most part are very close like all seven mm-hmm. of them she saw how close that they were because my mom was or my grandmother was always there for them right even, even though they weren't homeschooled she would still get them up, get them ready, send them all off to school. Be there. Seven kids. <laughs> right. Seven kids is like a lot. Um, so I'm one of four and I think that's a lot. So seven. Yeah. Four is a lot. Yeah. yeah can't even <laughs> imagine. So I think she just wanted that experience. We, we were able to do like a lot of field trips and yes. she was able to take us places and do a lot of different things, uh, which, you know, those are like some of my earliest memories and so, like great memories. And granted, by the time I was in fifth grade, I was like, mom, I want to go to school. Like I want right. to <laughs> Like I want to be, I want to be. Around. I want to be with some friends, and I want. Yeah, you probably played sports too, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I yeah. was. I was involved in a lot of sports, and all my friends were like, like 
it was like I would show up to like football practice and they'd be like, yeah, because like I, they would never get to see me because I like yeah. all everyone else in school. But like I felt, I felt left out like in baseball and football because they would all be talking about like, oh, like what's your ske- what's your school schedule like? Like what are your classes like? And I'd be like, damn, like I would love to be like, in, I want to be in school with you guys. But then they would be like, dude, what are you talking about? Like we want to be homeschooled. Like can your mom, home-? they'd be like, yeah, you, mom can we come to your house? yeah, they would be like, my best friend would be like, dude, like can your mom school me? And I'm like, so awesome. yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I think that's why she decided to homeschool us. Um, and like, again, it, it, we like, we enjoyed those years and then we like moved on or whatever. But uh, you know, I do, I do cherish those homeschool years as much as I, might not have back in the day and like you know i credit for my mom for well it. you look back and that's part of as you get older you look at back at certain things and you're like wow i didn't realize what a great moment that was and as you get older you appreciate it yeah. so i mean that's that's a foundation that you're going to carry with you forever you're going to probably have a bond with your siblings and like a respect for your mom because right. of that experience with you guys and and that's what i always say that i hope someday my son will someday tell a story like hey my mom fought for me and she didn't take any shit and she like let me do what i want to do because Sometimes, like, I don't know if you realize this, I'm like, dude, you know how lucky you are that I'm a cool mom? Because, you know, people would be, like, <laughs> stressing you out and still pushing you through the, the education system for high yeah. school that didn't work for him. Yeah. And, and that's where I had to make my decision. Um, and this is what I, it goes back to people judging people. I always say to people, when I say I homeschool them, so many people, like, when I say, oh, we don't do high school, we're doing our own thing. Like, and I'm kind of more of an unschooler because he already got K through eight. I mean, mm-hmm. high school is when you got to try to find your own voice. I really want him to develop his own thoughts, his own feelings, um, gravitate towards the things that he's interested. He's going to take the GED. Mm. So I kind of like let him find himself a little bit over the first two years. Mm. And now we're getting more back into the curriculum and getting ready to take the test. And then he can decide what he wants to do from there. If he wants to go to community college and get a basis and then go on to college again, if he wants to start a business or he wants to, you know, take a tech class, or, you know, he's really into 3D and, and, te- and like editing and making right. costumes. So then I can let him do what he wants. But so many people would say something negative and i'm like why can't you say wow kristen that's interesting what made you make that choice because then i would say i fought the school system for many years and he's dyslexic and it just teaching to a test does not work for his learning style but then when i look at what he can do at home he's a genius compared to some kids so i I just think it's so funny how people want to come with a negative connotation first instead of a question right you know yeah well this in school they don't teach you how a lot of times they don't teach you how to think critically or, you know, how to interact socially and, you know, how like negotiations work and, you know, basically just like, it's, it's nonlinear. Like, uh, like the school system is just like, you walk in a straight line. And I went to, I went to, I spent my last couple of years of high school in Catholic school. And yeah, my nieces like, too. Like they, they would make me cut my hair, like my hair, they'd make me cut my <laughs> yes. hair, you know, I have a tie on, they'd make me shave if I didn't have like, and yeah. you're very limited in what kind of classes you're able to take, which, right. you know, I, public school I went to was kind of a madhouse, but, but um, <laughs> like uh, the thing that I did enjoy about like those, like my, I, so I did two years of public high school. I did two years of Catholic high school. And the, the thing I cherish about the, public school was it was more of like a real it was more of like a real life experience experience because uh when I was in Catholic school it was kind of like everybody's not every not everyone like I don't want to say that because but like a lot of times like people are cut from the same cloth and well it's it's kind of one one thought it's like it's like you know there's a routine and it's like it's like a thought process and there's a lot of like rigidity to it and that's why a lot of people do choose catholic Mm -hmm. school because it is going to give you a self-discipline you know there's certain there's a certain benefit to it i went to catholic high school i'm super creative and i hated it i fought it tooth and nail and i couldn't wait to get the hell out of there yeah you know what i mean like it just wasn't the right setting for me i needed more diversity i needed more options Mm -hmm. and it was a small catholic school so to me High school, I could care less about. So I think that's why for me, it wasn't a hard decision for my son. Because I was yeah. like, well, I fucking hated high school just because everybody else loved it. Maybe you were the greatest like athlete in high school. Or maybe you were the fucking most popular girl in school. Maybe that's why you liked high school. High school was just a place for me that I had to get through so I could get on with my real life. Right. You I, know? I, I agree with that in a sense. Um, so I shifted. I went from a Catholic high school to like where everybody has like the same opinion like you're taught the same thing like yeah 
you know, you know, we vote for him because he's a Republican. We, yeah. you know, we pray the rosary every day or like this, that, yeah. and the other. And then I went to, uh, I go to a liberal arts college now, which, um, like it's been it variety was, of thoughts feelings uh, oh my gosh yeah. oh my gosh but like i but like i love it because it's really op like opened my mind shifted my perspective mm -hmm. on just basically like the world around me mm -hmm. you know i have people i have friends from different areas of the country different countries like right parts of the world uh all these like brilliant professors that come from all over the world that study like a wide variety of topics and the biggest right. class i've ever had in college was 40 kids and that was only like an intro class my classes now are like top 20 like 25 kids so you know you're able to have a voice you're able to you're, have a discussion have a you know yeah dialogue which is important right and you're like i was in a class my freshman year where literally like there was a girl screaming at another kid in a debate like <laughs> when i was a freshman screaming at another kid uh, and they were just going back and forth. And my professor was just like, he was like, whoa, at first. But then he was like, oh, yeah. Like, and everyone in class is just like sitting there. Like, I was like, this is madness. Like, from right. what, like, I was like, I would have, he'd be thrown out of school if this was still in Catholic school. Right. Like, how many demerits you're going to get? But, uh, like, it's, I'm, I'm really thankful. I, so I've had, like, the home, I've been homeschooled. I went to public school. Went to Catholic school. Catholic school. Now I'm getting a liberal arts education. So I am like, I've been all over the place. I've been all over the grid. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot, I've met a lot of people. I had a lot of different conversations uh, with people from, a, with a lot of different opinions. And yeah. Like, I think that's important. Uh, oh, so important. It's one of the things yeah. that I think is really important that we're missing right now. And I think people think that they think it's important or, but I, it seems to me as of right now, People think they're having dialogues, but they really want you to agree with them. And I'm kind of like, well, that's kind of not the point of a dialogue. And it's funny because, you know, I've been thinking about a lot of different things. And when I was in school, they used to have a thing called the five paragraph essay. I don't know if you remember it. Oh, you yeah. The sandwich. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you get to have your opening statement. Then you get to have your three paragraphs that support your statement. And then you have to have your conclusion. But then you would also have to fact check everything. And it's one of the things that I really want to say to everybody with social media. I'm like, listen, before you post... Just think of the five paragraph essay. Have you taken the time to digest the information, let your emotions settle down, review everything, fact check your stuff, and then come with your conclusion? Because I feel like there's just such a jump, 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 jump. And it's like, and it's just so much stuff coming at us every day. And I'm like, the average person is not prepared to take so much stuff on a day-to-day -day basis. You just are on constant overload and information is just shared so quickly now so i'm just kind of like i'm trying to make people like breathe and pause and just you know digest some stuff a little bit let it sit a little bit let it marinate a little bit and then kind of gather your thoughts because i think discussions debates are where a lot of the growth comes from but i also think you know solutions and actions are just as important too and i think that's what a lot of people seem to be you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions. Like you were saying, like when people like re respond to Gary Vee or they respond to something that you post, they just jump on and they just yeah. post because they're just sitting in their living room. But I'm like, well, it's easy for you to say from your living room. But like, did you actually like, have you ever experienced what you're yelling at somebody else about? Or have you ever done anything to, to change the thing that you're yelling at somebody mm -hmm. about? So I think that's one of the things that I'm hoping to see come this next generation that there's a little bit more actions and solutions instead of just, you know, yelling and finger pointing. You said, so you said like, you're not like the biggest, you, or you weren't at first, like huge on social media when you first started doing comedy. And from what I've seen, like, I think, a com I think social media is the best way for a comic to thrive and build their own personal brand, just because you can cut up, like you can put post like a long clip or you can post like a 15 second reel, or you can post mm -hmm. like a two to three minute, like IG, IG or like a whatever IG TV video. Yeah. So I, you know, that's why like, I see like, I love watching like clips from like Sebastian Maniscalco or like, Oh yes. He's yeah, so funny. He's so, Oh, he's so funny. Like I'm Italian. So like, he's like, he's one of my <laughs> favorite comedians. Like, and going back to what you said in the beginning, like, uh, about like your, I, I think you're very similar to him because he's a storyteller. 
Yeah. Like, he's like, I went to the pool and like, I'm seeing these people. And like, I think like, that's you, like you're a bartender. You're like, I'm at, I'm at the bar and I I'm see at the bar. Like, yeah, exactly. At the bar and these people talking. So I think, I think you guys like are very similar in just like the way that like you're able to be like a storyteller, uh, mm -hmm. like in the way that you present. And I don't know, like I, I haven't always been like a fan of stand-up comedy, but like the more over the past couple of years, I've come to appreciate it more as like sort of like an art because like you said also earlier, those like Netflix specials that, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, Dave Chappelle or Kevin mm -hmm. Hart or Sebastian Maniscalco, any of these people are out there doing that takes like, and Joe Rogan said this too. He's like, for his special, it took him a year yep. to write it. And then it took him another year to edit it uh perfect it and like work on his craft like his presentation so like right you're thinking about doing that that's like that's two years like you, yeah but that's that's where it comes into play again like it's just it's all about patience and yes but like and like patience but like you're also you're 49 years old you have all these it, it'll be easier for you to do an hour special than for me as a 21 year old because i haven't had those life experiences right and i'm not you can I'm break not, it down into categories right you know i haven't lived it like you said like in like in your gary v interview like you moved to new york like you ate shit like you <laughs> like your house burned down like you lost everything you made a bad yeah. business deal like you lost everything i haven't had like these like i haven't had those life experiences and i haven't had to, i mean i've had life experiences i've had right. wrong too but not to that extent yeah so, you know, I think that you're actually in a great place to start your career mm -hmm. because of all of these situations and scenarios that you've had in your life. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that you, you realize because sometimes when you've gone through things, you want to help other people or teach other people. I mean, I always say you're going to make mistakes. I love mistakes because you learn from them. Yeah. So what I always say to young people like my nieces or young coworkers that I have, I'm like, listen, you're going to make mistakes. Just make one that doesn't ruin the fucking the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like when the mistake happens, just be like, okay, that was, that was, there was a lesson in there. Someday I'm going to look back at that, but that's going to give me something. And I always say like, you know, failures and, and adversities are almost like an armor. It's almost like you're building up your character, you know? Mm -hmm. And I really feel like we've gone through a, a phase in the society that we've been trying to tell people that it's that don't fail, don't fail. Everybody gets a trophy. You're going to be okay. You're perfect. You're great. You're this. And I'm like, it's just such a bad mindset for a kid because I know as parents, we want to, we want to protect our children, but unfortunately it's a big, bad world out there and they don't give a shit that that's your baby. You know, they just don't. And so for me, I was always as a mom for my son, I would try to build him up and tell him he was a genius and he was handsome. Yeah. But I would also say, Hey, if that kid's messing with you, don't you take any shit from anybody. Like you say to that kid, like, you know, I said, listen, I would rather you get suspended for standing up for yourself than let somebody disrespect you. That's just where I'm at. You know what I mean? And I think that more parents, if they back their children up like that and said something to like that, they would be like, you know what? My parents have my back. Like, I'm not saying be a mean person. Just don't let somebody disrespect. Like, I mean, if you don't set boundaries for yourself, then a lot of people are going to push you and they're going to step on you a lot in life. And so you have to just learn how to use your voice in a positive way. Like, Hey, step up a little, you know, step back or, Hey, I'm not, I'm not the one to play playing with. And I just feel like a lot of people don't teach people the coping skills. And that's why we have a lot of bullying and a lot of like unresolved issues because people don't find a way to have conflict resolution or coping skills. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Especially, you know, I was kind of the same way. I, well, when I grew up, I was, I was, no, I was a little soft when I grew up because I was like, I was the, I was the oldest and some, when mm -hmm. you're the oldest, like you've got to figure it out. Like, whereas, right. you know, my, <laughs> the first one, right. My youngest, my youngest brother, who's 13, like he's got thicker skin than like the rest of us three, just because we were always constantly beating on him and like, right. with him. but he's got the thickest skin out of all of us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I, but, it, but my, like my dad, my dad was the same way. Like he was the oldest of his, of his crew. Um, mm -hmm. My mom's obviously, she's number five out of seven. So like, you know, they both like, if I would get like easily offended or something, or, you know, like I would cry if we lost like a baseball game or something, yeah. they'd be like, get like, pick your head up. And like, you know, you got to be able to like, you're like, you're going to get knocked down in life. Mm -hmm. like, people are going to like, you like, you're going to have, you're going to get shit from people. Uh, mm -hmm. And like, you know, sometimes you're gonna have to respond and with, 
and like fight back but other right. times like you just have to take a step back and like yeah all right like how this is something like that's going to happen again like and how am I going to respond in like the next yeah time. I used to like what I used to do with my nieces and my son is I do I would do scripting mm-hmm. when we're driving home from school if, like somebody was mean I'd be like okay well, what did they say to you and what did you say back and like a lot of times kids just don't know what to say back and I'm like yeah. You know, you just got to learn to say, hey, you know, I don't understand what the problem is or like, you know, to, so I, w- I would just practice it with them so that they'd be a little bit more, they'd be quicker to kind of respond for themselves because sometimes if you don't respond, they think, oh, we got this person. Now we're just going to do this to this person every day. You know, bullying and, 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 and pushing people sometimes just comes from their own insecurity. Everyone just is trying to figure it out in life. And so that's why I just try to say they're not really a bad person. Maybe they're just coming from a bad experience or, or, or have their own, their own things, but you just got to kind of say, Hey, uh, you're kind of being a shithead. Like I'm not the one, like go pick on somebody else or, you know what I mean? And so I just think that if you kind of help a kid learn how to handle it, or you're just trying to chat with your own kids so that you can help them process it, mm-hmm. either one or the other, you're going to help your kid in the long haul because then when the next situation comes up, they're going to be a little bit more prepared for it. And then when they become an adult, you know, they're going to ho- hopefully be a little bit more well-adjusted. I, and I, that's what I feel so bad about the social media aspect of kids. There's so many people that don't even know themselves yet. And they're on these apps at such a young age. I know. And it's so, so detrimental to some kids. I mean, I even look at people that are 40 that get so offended when somebody doesn't like yeah. them. And I'm like, I can only imagine what it would be like if I were 16 on these pages. I'd be like, damn, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It, well, it's, it's hard, like, to post something on social media for, like, everyone to see like that was the biggest thing for me when I started this page was like I was like all right like I was like tentative on what to post and what to say just because I had never like I've always had to do like speaking in front of people and presentation Mm -hmm. class presentations uh and this and that but it was like it was never something like for everyone to see no matter if you follow me or not like you're able to see my post um it's the power of like connectivity on social media nowadays Mm -hmm. but like that it's it's very hard to post something and not think about what what are people going to say it takes it takes a lot and it takes a long time and i still when i post something i'm like all right like you know what like what are people going to say about this here like yeah they're yeah are they going to question like my authenticity mm-hmm. and, uh, or like anything like cuz that's the worst thing you can do is not be yourself so it, it it's it's very tough and if you're posting that if you're posting when you're young, like I remember, like teenagers, teenagers are ruthless. <laughs> they can check you can screw your life up too. Also, if you don't have a parent yeah. that checks in on you, yeah. Oh yeah, and teenagers are ruthless, and they don't know what they're po- they, they don't understand like the what they're saying or the or the the impact of certain words or certain situations or certain yeah. types of bullying. And I and I think that's what that's why when I have young people around me, I sometimes check their social media. I'm like, yo. Go take that post down. You're like, yeah. why? I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't say that. Like, and like some people come back to me now, like, oh, oh God, Kristen, thank you so much. Like, mm-hmm. if you didn't tell me that five years ago, you know what I mean? Like, because they yeah. don't know. They're just a young kid. And their parents don't think to go look at their things. But I'm like the big sister or like the, the cool aunt to people. So then I'll kind of be like, oh, hey, <clears throat> that's not going rep- <clears throat> to represent you well. You know what I mean? But right. um, I think that's what's kind of interesting for me. Back to what you are saying about authenticity or posting things. I think that is one of the challenges when you're trying to build a brand <clears throat> or do a podcast or talk to people. You just want to be you. Mm-hmm. And it is a little bit, it's the same thing with um, when you do comedy. When you're, when you're doing comedy, you're telling your story. It's right. almost like standing on stage naked and be like, this is me. And if they don't <laughs> like you, they don't like you. And, yeah. and the thing is for me, I just try to speak from my heart and my own experience. And I'm just hoping for me when I do comedy, I don't even really care if I get the most laughs. If I have somebody that walks up to me after the show and says, whoa, that was fucking funny, or I didn't think of marriage like that, or you were so right about having sex with your husband, like, you know what I mean? Like, that to me is enough to make me happy when I go home. Because I know that I'm making people think. I know that I'm opening up a door to people. And to me, that is so much more, to, to me, it's more important to open dialogue than sometimes being the funniest. You know what I mean? Because I'm trying to create an impact, or I'm trying to make people think a little bit differently or, or, or open up their thought process. And so for me with the, with the social media, that is a little bit challenging sometimes because I have to just um, remind myself every day that not everybody's going to like what Kristen has to say. And you have to be like, but I'm speaking my truth. I'm, I'm sharing my experiences. I'm not saying my experience is your experience. And that's what people have to start realizing. And if you want to 
you know, find interesting people and you want to open your mind, you've got to be open to open yourself to everybody, even if you don't agree with them all the time. You got to say, hey, you know what? Chris is kind of a no bullshitter. She'll just tell you how it is. I don't always agree with everything she says, but I appreciate the fact that she talks the truth. And to me, that's what I have to stand, stand upon, you know, because if I start changing what I post because I'm worried if people are going to like me or not, then I'm not going to be, I'm not going to stick to my, my truth. And then, then, then like, you're not authentic. And I, I read about like an online, um, there's a lot of online influencers and now getting a lot of hate about that. Mm. They're making a lot of money off of putting out books or, or, or representing themselves one way. And then like, they're not being true to like this persona. Mm. And then it makes people feel duped. Yeah. So you'd rather let people that do like you find you and the people that don't like you is okay. Cause people will come to you eventually. So just build on the people that do like you. I had two thoughts. Like after like you finished saying that the one was that that's why I think that you're like the way Kristen being Kristen, that's why I think that's so perfect for you because like you just said it, like people, they click on your profile and they see Kristen being Kristen. Like anybody knows like, all right, like this, this chick's it's just going to be like her. She's not like, for me, I was like, all right, like this chick obviously doesn't give a shit like about what anybody thinks about her. She's just doing her thing. And like, like, I love that. And my second thought was um, about that, or maybe I only have one thought, but all right. It might've went out the window, but <laughs> anyway, that was, that was the main thing I took away was like Kristen being Kristen. And I think, I think that's perfect for you just because you're you like, you're like, this is me. I don't give a fuck what you think about me. Right. Like, oh, what I was what I was saying about like not worrying about like the followers and the views. Like, I when I watched your Tea with Gary V episode, you started with like a thousand followers, and now right. you have what almost thirteen thousand. Yeah, like yeah, twelve, twelve something. Yeah. It's it's really the power of like connections and who you know, and just continuing to do something consistently every day, and you know people will find you eventually. Like. It's, it's bound to happen. You know, the only way they're not going to is if you stop or you stop doing what you, you stop, you, you change the route that you want to right. go because you were focused on likes and followers instead of just being true to yourself. It's funny that you say that too, though, because it went from 2000 and then Gary put me on his Instagram story that Saturday and then it went up to like 14 and now it kind of goes up and down and you got to, you got to really like get your head on tight because you will stop being like, Oh my God, I lost like a thousand followers. Why? But you have to be like, it doesn't matter because it's not a numbers game. And, and it was funny because he posted something yesterday about saying hi to people. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, this just is so true because the one thing I think that so many people listen to, you know, the thing I like about Gary is that he gives out a lot of free information. Yeah. He's a businessman. He makes his money off of a lot of other things, but he gives yeah. out so much free information for people to take action. Mm -hmm. And what I, I think is so funny is so many people, don't understand how much money other people would be charging for that information. Yeah. And that's why um, he'll always be one of my favorites because he'll give you content. He'll mm -hmm. tell you how to make your content. He'll tell you how to, you know, break it down in four different ways to put on four different platforms. He'll give you so much information. It's just mm -hmm. up to you to execute on that. And yeah. one of the things I've always been conscious of is because I'm trying to build a community. I'm trying to build a tribe. I'm trying to earn people's trust. I'm not trying to just come in and be like, yo, buy my system or what I, it just, for me, I will have something that I'll be selling at some point. I'm hoping it'll be a book. Right. But for me, I'm really just trying to meet people and find what people really need. Yeah. And like the, th the things that they like out of what I know that I can help other people with. And that's what I'll focus more on. And that's what I'll be giving out to people. One of the things I'm trying to give out to people is how to be more comfortable being themselves instead mm -hmm. of worrying about whatever, like being like everybody else. I love it. And um, that's one of the things I try to do. I try to answer every person. I try to go into other people's DMs and say, how's like, there's people that have been with me from day one that I don't see them a little bit right now, but that's because Corona's over for some States and people back to their life. And I'll just check in on people once in a while. Like, Yo, how's it going? Like everything cool. I haven't seen you on social media. Cause you never know if, if something happened to somebody or somebody's not in a good place. So I just kind of do some check-ins once in a while too. And I really think that that's one of the things that everybody wants numbers but you gotta, you gotta build a, a connection with people mm. if you really want to build something for the long term, in my opinion. That's funny you say, well, not funny you say that, but like that's so true about like building a community and building a tribe. Because uh, you know, when I took a deep dive under your profile, I saw that on your show you had uh, Kyle Maxwell, Ken Kendricks on your show, which yeah, I awesome. had, I had him on my show. I was on his show, yeah. and I had no idea. Like that, that was like earlier today or yesterday when I saw that and I was like, all right, like, so like now, like, 
like you're a part of my community now too. And like, right. I'll be a part of your community. He's, exactly. a, he's a part of that. And like, there's other people that like we both talk to from him. And so it's just crazy. It's Ripples just, out. just this ripple in this web. And mm -hmm. it just keeps, it just keeps getting bigger and better. And like, there was a time like when I saw like a ton of growth in my, uh, in my, like when I first released the podcast and I first created the page, like ton of people were interested in like listening stuff and you know, it started to die off. And then like, that was like, I was like, shit. And like, so I wasn't as consistent with like pumping out content and this and that. Mm -hmm. But like, if you just stay consistent, you know, you're not going to get as many views or as like mm -hmm. as many likes if you post like a few times a day, but that's mm -hmm. not, that's not what matters. If, if that's what you're in it for, then like, that's not what matters. It's, it's all about building a community and yeah. Right. So that, people, that's one of the things I've learned too. I've been listening to a lot of different points of like other people's points of view that have built up fan bases and stuff like that. And I've been trying to take like little nuggets from different people. Cause I'm just teaching myself as I go along the way. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And oh, same, one same. person um, gave us some good advice that they said, you know, go into people's profiles that you like and, and, and just send them a quick message. Like, Hey, I like your page. And I think it really goes a long way because you know, you can't ask people to like say, yay, yay, yay for me, but not say yay, yay, yay for them. Right. And I really feel like, there's nothing wrong with cheering other people's success. Um, you never know where people are going to go. And, and that's one of the things I actually learned when I was in the comedy world. You know, it's very, like, people get competitive. And I understand that that's a, that's a nature. It's, it's, a, it's a nature to be like, oh, my God, that person is now bigger than I was. Or they have more followers than I have when we right. sat at the same time. But you've got to say, you never know where someone else is going to go. And if you keep up a good friendship, good people are going to take other people along the way once in a while. They might be like, yo, yo, you want to come on my show? Or, or hey, check out my friend's page. Or, you know, it's just so easy to say, hey, have you checked out my friend's podcast? Or, hey, this person's doing something cool. I like what they say. And I just think if more people did that, you'd be seeing so much more be better. Like, there'd be so much more goodness in the world. And... I, you know, like when I started doing comedy, I would reach out to people in, in DMs like, hey, I'd really love to do like a five minute set on one of your shows. I think my content would go really well mm -hmm. with your age bracket because I was dealing with a lot of younger people. And this one comedian locally came to watch me at an open mic one night. And then I went to go watch him to be supportive. And this is what it talks about, like giving. And, yeah. and then sometimes things will happen for you. So I went to go watch him and another really big comedian perform locally. And when I got there, he goes, why don't you go on for five minutes? And I was like, okay. And like, I wasn't <laughs> fucking prepared. Like, right. I mean, I was like, this is like going on with like one of the biggest comedians. I mean, Lenny Clark and Johnny Peasy are really big in the Boston comedy okay. com community. And like Lenny Clark's been on Rescue Me with David, you know, uh, with uh, Dennis Leary. So, I mean, he's been yeah. around for a long time. He had his right. own talk show. He had his own like sitcom. Yeah. And I was like, this is like a big opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I just went to the bathroom. I went through my phone, went through all my notes. I'm like, all right, which what set am I going to do? <laughs> and I just jumped up there and I just, I went for it because I was like, right. it, it was the same thing with, like, with the Gary V. If you've asked for something and then somebody throws it to you and you say, oh, wait, I'm not really... I'm not going to do it today. Can I do it tomorrow? They'll be like, that's it. You're, that was your opportunity. You missed miss your shot. And that right. kind of started, right. And that started making things snowball for me right before Corona. I started getting a lot of set, doing a lot of sets with them. And a lot of other people like, Kristen, how the hell did you get that? I'm like, I asked. Right. And I gave, mm. you know what I mean? Like right. a lot of people thought I got it just because I was a girl. I was like, no, I, 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 I DM'd people. I, I showed up at shows to show support and sh supporting other people then made them want to support me. So yeah. I think people need to take that away and understand that support one another. Yeah. Everybody could use a little cheerleader in their corner once in a while because it isn't easy putting out a podcast. You know what right. I mean? It isn't easy coming up with content every day. It's not easy putting yourself out there. So what's wrong with a little thumbs up? Hey, hope you're having a great day. Have a great weekend, buddy. It's very simple. Easy. How do you, that's how I got you on my podcast today. Was I like, <laughs> Hey, I, I love, like, thank you for like commenting on my picture. I just went, through some of your shit like i love it like i think we would do i think our po podcast together would be awesome it's awesome i think so too and not everybody is gonna respond to you like and that's okay like right for, for every 10 people that i dm i might get one response i might get none but mm -hmm. i you can't be intimidated to send a dm the worst the worst they can say I, the worst they can say is no or they just yeah. don't respond there's seven billion fucking people in the world <laughs> Somebody else is going to respond to you, you know? Exactly. And the thing is, is like, you know, I, I just think that you learn, I think you're probably going to learn so much from doing this podcast because mm. you're opening up your, you're, you're building up your, your, I think it builds up dialogue 
It builds up interviewing. It builds up um, questions and answers and, and, and kind of exposing to a lot of different people from all walks of life. So, I mean, just think about by the time you're 30, you know, and you've been doing this, right? Or, or things that you learned in these next couple of years, like in, depending on whatever you do with like your career path. Mm -hmm. right this this thing right here is going to be such a foundational skill that you built upon that's going to make you so much ahead of other people in certain ways because conversation with other people is is a connector and mm -hmm. being able to talk to anybody is really a skill set that a lot of people really struggle with so i think it's i think it's kind of cool what you can get out of this if that makes any sense no 100 and like like I said, like, I just do this. I do this just simply because like, first of all, like I, I've list, I've always listened to podcasts like yeah. over the past couple of years. Like I just, I love to listen to them. I love like the freedom they have. And like, I love to, I love to talk and like, I love to talk with people. Like I just love to talk with people. Maybe I should yeah. bartend. Maybe I should just. I know you should. You would be a really good bartender. And that's, that's one of the things I think I love about it. Um, being in Boston, I get people yeah. from all over the world, Yeah, you know? So like every night you just never know, like you have your regulars, but I never know who's going to sit in front of me. One of the things I love to say is like, so what's your story? What do you do? Yeah. That's what I say to so many people. And that's what I try to do with the show because I never know. Someone might say, Oh, I live in, I live in the, the rainforest and I, and I, and I plant trees. I was like, no way. I've never met anybody that did that. You yeah. know what I mean? So I never know what's going to be sitting in front of me. And then you never know what commonality you have with a person. So many people don't realize how much, like how many things we have in common as humans. You know what I mean? So um, you never know where a conversation is going to go. So that's what I kind of, I, that's what I love is finding like a connection or something that you can give each other and take away. So I can actually gain something from a conversation and they can gain something. So it's actually kind of like helping people build. I love that. And uh, <laughs> I think that you're on the, I think, I think we're both, we're both do we're both doing that's that's the thing like is we're both like out there doing yeah you're you're a lot older than me but you i feel like i'm talking i feel like i'm talking to like one of my college classmates like like oh, that's good. It's, it's and it's just it's just fun like yeah you don't have to limit yourself to like the people you talk to or like mm -hmm. or, like the niche that like you think you're involved with um but yeah i've you know, I've like, I, and I learned a ton from talking to people like you who have had these life experiences that I haven't had. And, you know, when I, I take that with me for what, in, in all walks of life. So wherever I go, you know, I think back like, all right, like here, I'm in this situation. Oh, I talked to somebody who had that experience or, oh, like, yeah, I talked to somebody who like, they did that before. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I, I, I agree. And I think that you're, I think that you being able to like leverage social media right right now like with like with all the covid shit going on uh you're a full, still a full-time mom and you're able to go back and bartend again i think that you're like those things are gonna help help you know you're gonna reach even you're gonna get even farther so, i hope so <laughs> um but i'll tell you one thing i do like talking to younger people too because it's fun for me yeah because it kind of keeps you I don't know, it keeps you looking at all, you have to talk to people from all walks of life and all age yeah. groups because you need to be able to kind of hear from different people's point of views. And yeah. sometimes there's something that I can give to a younger person, but sometimes a younger person gives me something because it keeps me abreast of what's going on. Mm -hmm. So it kind of keeps me more current. And that's one of the things I love about being a bartender because when I'm talking to young kids, I know a lot about pop culture mm -hmm. and a lot of parents are like, don't. I have no idea. And I'm yeah. like, no, TikTok this, da, 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 da. And they're like, what? <laughs> and, like, and I'm like, this video, this song. And they're like, yeah. what? And I'm like, because I'm, I'm, I'm on the level with everybody. So it kind of keeps me. And I, I do like, I, I am a young person in certain ways. Like, I love to have fun. I like music. I don't mm -hmm. drink, but I love music and I love dancing. So it's like, bartending is kind of like a fun little outlet for me because it kind of keeps me young. So that's why I kind of like young people because you got to know all the different um, generations and then you can kind of meld sometimes and bring different mindsets together, which is kind of cool. I got you. Yeah. I, Chris, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a great conversation. Uh, I've never been to Boston, but I do have a roommate up there. So if I'm ever up in Boston, maybe I'll be hopefully watching the Eagles kick the paper <laughs> ass. Um, can't say the same about the Sixers right now. So yeah, I know. But um, uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to. Uh, I'll definitely have to find you if I'm ever in absolutely, Boston. absolutely. And, Look yeah, me up I'll, for sure. Definitely, and I'm looking forward to you know continue to follow you more 
are you fucking kidding me Fridays and stand <laughs> up. So yeah, you know, best of luck with that. And I really, Thank you. Forward, I really look forward to continuing to continuing this, you know, community building this community yeah keep I'm, I'm glad that we found each other and i get to follow you and get to keep watching your journey and keep cheering you on and i had a really great time with the conversation and i think hopefully people enjoy it i appreciate that all right that's it thanks Chris. all right cheers Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in today, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did making it. Kristen is funny as shit, and I had so much fun getting to know her and hearing her story and really looking forward to what she's going to be doing in the future on top of what she already does. Make sure to give her a follow at Kristen Being Kristen on all social media uh, if you want to check her out. And also, just a friendly reminder, share this podcast, share this podcast with someone. You know, Maybe it'll make their day. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to make people laugh, make people smile and, uh, you know, just have a better world, better, brighter world. And, you know, that's really what it's all about. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will see you next time. Peace.